The eighth inning stretch is brought to you by Printer Dudes, your one-stop shop for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles around. They even do custom orders. Use promo code HOMERUN and save 10% at printerdudes.etsy.com. That's Printer Dudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome, 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 welcome back to the eighth inning stretch. Uh, Carson, we're back and we're four days away from opening day. Yes, we are. What's up, AJ? What's up, everybody? My God, does it feel good to say that again? It has been way too long of a winter. And if this season is anything like this World Baseball Classic was, we are in for an absolute treat. I cannot wait to get into everything that's going to unfold for us this season. Yeah, and hey, uh, no lockouts, no labor disputes. Um, yay for the season actually getting started on time this year. Um, yeah, no, seriously, the WBC, uh, Carson, I think was like, um, it was the perfect holdover. Uh, it was it was a good baseball fix to get us through the winter. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that by far this, I think, was the best World Baseball Classic of all time. And I don't think that there's any that even come close to what we witnessed this year no this was definitely the best one had some great moments uh we'll get more into that in a second um now seriously it's so good to be back uh guy everybody i was telling carson before we came on that uh last night i could barely sleep i was like a little kid on christmas eve um yeah i could barely sleep a wink last night carson i was so excited for this yeah it's it's been way too long of a winter, um, and we'll get this out of the way too, everybody. We're a little rusty, as we've kind of, <laughs> as we've kind of discovered. We're a little bit rusty, so um, yes. be be patient with us through this first episode. But um, you yeah. know, we're as usual. We'll be able to as we start kind of getting back into the flow. It's gonna be bigger, better than than it was last season, and like you said this time no lockouts or anything so we won't have to try yep. and fill fill any time while we're <laughs> waiting for negotiations to happen so we should be rip roaring and ready to go yes please bear with us um while we shake off the rust it was a very long winter um no but seriously there's so so much uh so much exciting stuff to look forward to uh here in this season both in baseball and here on the show we've got some awesome uh some really cool stuff playing for you guys all your favorite stuff will be back the polls the mailbag buy or sell all that good stuff um no mailbag this this episode will be a little different obviously because good grief do we have so much to get to with all our predictions and everything Let's dive right in, Carson. Let's talk about our very first poll of the new season. Uh, we asked you guys which you thought was more exciting, the WBC or the MLB playoffs. Um, and Carson, it was a dead heat, 50-50. I've got to say I'm very surprised. Um, I think now, no disrespect to the WBC, like we've talked about, this year's was absolutely phenomenal. Um, but I think there's a little bit of recency bias going into this mm. poll. Um, mm -hmm. but because I mean, you get the right, you know, you get the right circumstances in the MLB playoffs and my goodness, is that gonna, is that something that's exciting? But, um, for me personally, I would go with the MLB playoffs. 
Um, but again, I think there might be maybe a little bit of recency bias here, uh, as well as the fact that we don't see the World Baseball Classic every year. We see it every four years. So every time it comes around, I feel like there's always yeah. a little bit of excitement to it. Um, but I think the biggest thing here with the recency bias of the WBC being a 50-50 heat. Uh, I will take some of the blame or most of the blame or all the blame for that because I did post this poll right after the end of the that ridiculous championship game between the USA and Japan, um, which we'll talk more about in a minute, obviously. Um, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think the, the MLB playoffs, especially the World Series, I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. But... I got to say, Carson, in watching the WBC, and I watched a lot of the WBC. I mean, my DVR got to work out. Um, I think I think MLB, um, I think there's some things that MLB could learn from the WBC, especially, I mean, the atmosphere at those WBC games, especially in the, you know, in the knockout round, uh, the atmosphere was ridiculous. Yeah, and I mean, we talked about it a lot last season about how the game of baseball needed something as far as marketability. The yeah. hype around this year's World Baseball Classic was the exact right stepping stone. It felt like every game had somebody talking about it from celebrities to sports writers outside of baseball. This is yeah. exactly what the game of baseball needed to not only promote the stars in MLB, but also give some of these guys who don't necessarily have this big television spotlight a chance to shine as well. Yeah, I mean, you want to talk about growing the game? I mean, this is the way to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, even the, the the one that really jumps out at me, well, I mean, obviously the championship game was, you know, but uh, I think it was a pool play game. I think it was Japan and... Dang, I don't remember. Uh, but anyways, it was at the Tokyo Dome. And after watching that game, Carson, man, going to see a baseball game at the Tokyo Dome is now at the very top of my bucket list. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, like you've already talked about, the the atmosphere alone at these games would be enough to get, get you watching at home out of your seat, leaning forward in your chair a little bit. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with you know, we see it a lot in, especially like in the Olympics, representing your country on such a big stage makes all the difference in the world as far as giving it a little bit more hype. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully uh, all the MLB players who, for, you know, whatever reason, decided not to try out for their national teams, um, hopefully after watching this, uh, this year's edition, Carson, hopefully those guys go, hey, you know, I want to get in on that in 2026. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, like like I've already talked about, if you want to talk about marketing the game, especially yeah. Major League Baseball, if you want to talk about trying to get the game in more people's faces, this yeah. is how you do it with the World Baseball Classic. Get your big stars in there. Let them put on a show like they did this year. Yeah, and... I think the maybe one of the biggest things I noticed was um, in years past, you know, it was kind of Team USA and everybody else because Team USA was stacked with all these MLB superstars. But Carson, there were uh, Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Venezuela, 
uh, and some other teams with some some really big name players. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you even think about you know the the eventual champions in Japan. Japan Obviously, you yeah. got you got Shohei Otani, um, but you've got you've got some some other guys who are either on their way to to Major League Baseball. For example, one of AJ's probably favorite players at players now in um, the the Boston Red Sox signee, Mister uh, Mister Yoshida, or um, yep. you know some of just some of these other some of these other guys who again haven't really had that chance to take the spotlight and now probably have some MLB teams thinking hmm we could probably bring some of these guys over here uh, I'm glad you said that because the big one that jumps out at me Carson uh, is Roki Sasaki um, who you know no big deal throws 100 miles an hour without breaking a sweat yeah, watching him especially was incredible. And I mean it's there aren't a whole lot of guys even in major league baseball right now that can consistently throw 100. So he would be able to walk into an MLB team's pitching staff right yeah. away. Um I mean disclaimer he is only 21, so we're probably looking at, you know, at least another few years um but make no mistake ladies and gentlemen uh roki sasaki will be pitching somewhere in major league baseball within the next few years um which i mean maybe a little too early to say this carson but uh i'm looking at this kid pitching during the wbc and i'm going this kid is the next shohei otani yeah it's very possible and again i think that um you know Guys like Shohei Otani are going to be great ambassadors for growing the game um, yeah. across the world in the future, and having having guys who look and say, "Hey, why can't I be him?" You know. Yeah, exactly. All right, I've been holding on to this one for a while, so I'm just going to get it out of the way. Um, for any of you who follow me on Twitter, you know that I was a uh, a very vocal supporter of the WBC. Um, Let's just address, let's just talk about the elephant in the room, Carson. Edwin Diaz, of course, the superstar closer for the New York Mets, uh, injured during just a freak thing during a celebration um, at, the end of, at the end of the game uh, during the WBC. Um, obviously, just, you know, uh, awful news for the Mets and, and Mets fans. Um, where I have a problem are certain media personalities who should really nameless <coughs> Keith Oberman um, blaming the WBC for, for Diaz's for Diaz getting hurt. I mean, just absolutely freaking ridiculous. No. Yeah. And like you said, it, it was a total freak accident and freak injuries happen in sports literally all the time. Would, yeah. would we be saying the same thing? You know, freak injuries have happened at the Olympics. We're, yeah. we're not seeing we're not saying the same thing about all oh, these athletes should rest and just decide not to go for the Olymp no not to go into the Olympics and focus on their professional careers instead. It's like n no. And this is this isn't even just a sports issue. This is a human issue. Like if yeah. if I'm able to play a game that I love and represent my country at the same time, mm -hmm. ten times out of ten I'm taking advantage of that. 
Yeah. I think for for athletes, uh, there's no there's no bigger honor than representing your country. Plain and simple. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if that's just an athlete, you know, if that's just an athlete thing too. I think that's yeah, a, that's a good that's point. A human thing too. Yeah. Yeah, there's just sort of like this uh um I don't know, I can't think of the word I'm thinking for. There's just sort of this like uh I'm sorry. I can't I can't think of the word. But there's just this like this sort of like it, everyone, you know, when when you think about even just thinking about representing your country. I mean, it just gives you chills. Like I'm getting chills now just talking about it. Like if I had the opportunity and Carson, I'm pretty sure you would do the same, like to represent the USA in, in any kind of, you know, uh, competition or, or what have you. I mean, yeah, sign me up. Yeah, absolutely. And all the, all the respect in the world for these guys who make that decision to, to go to the WBC and, you know, as much yeah. as we've we've talked about it, you know, obviously we're not saying we're not trying to shun anybody who didn't go to didn't oh, no. decide to go oh, no, to no. the WBC. Totally a personal decision and totally respect yeah. where people are coming from in terms of not wanting to risk injury. Um, yeah, but definitely the the injuries like what happened to Edwin Diaz. That's just a freak accident. Those are things yeah. that unfortunately happen in sports all the time. Um, and obviously, I think I can speak on behalf of both AJ and myself when we say get well soon, Edwin Diaz, because we need to hear those trumpets in City Field again. Yeah, that um, uh, man, I, I, I was watching that and my heart just my heart just breaks from the Mets and, and Mets fans. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're already talking about it. let's just let's just dive right in. Let's just talk about our, you know. Let's just talk about the WBC. Um, some just crazy, huge, big surprises uh, this time out. For one, uh, I mean, Team Great Britain uh, not only winning a game, but but automatically qualifying for 2026. But Kirsten, I think the biggest uh, for me was was Venezuela. I mean, this Venezuelan team went on just a just a crazy run. Yeah, absolutely nuts. I mean, team team Venezuela arguably I think you could say aside from, you know, aside from Japan and the US was one of the better teams in in the tournament. And I mean, they they certainly showed out for and put the world on notice and potentially even again, like we talk about, you know, maybe some MLB teams are thinking maybe we should scout a little bit more into into venezuela see what venezuela. kind of prospects yeah. you can get from from there because they played an outstanding tournament yeah they had an awesome they had a great run um they <laughs> i mean they gave they gave team usa all they wanted in that quarterfinal game and if not for the heroics of trey turner um that game may have gone very differently for the usa um Let's talk about Team USA because Carson, after that, after that game against Mexico during the during the group stage, uh, things were not looking good for the red, white, and blue. Yeah, the the red, white, and blue needed a massive regroup um, after that game with Venezuela. George Washington himself wouldn't have been able to help this team after that game against Venezuela. 
or not against Venezuela, against Mexico, Mexico. excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but my goodness, that was who when you talk about when you talk about a game where you just sit there and your heart drops thinking about what this could potentially mean, that yeah. was that game. And um as captain of the Brandia Rosa Reina fan club. I would just like to take this moment <laughs> to personally say that I have been right about him from the start and that yeah, this only yeah, went yeah. further to proving my point. Shout out to Randy Arozarena. Uh all right, get it out of your system. I knew that was I knew this was coming. Every time he had a hit or hit a home run, I was like, oh boy. Oh yeah, I was doing um, I was doing a dance every time he came up to bat because I was like, oh, I know what's about to happen happen right here. Yeah. Randy Rosarena. Yeah, that was um I mean, yeah, he had a hell of a tournament. Um but yeah, I mean that that Mexico losing the game to Mexico, I mean that could have been that could have been it. Uh these guys could have packed it in and been like, well, you know, we're not going to we're not going to advance. Um but but they didn't. And I'll I'll get more into this later when we do our you know one last thing but Carson I gotta give I mean let's give huge tons and tons of kudos to Team USA manager Mark DeRosa uh, for keeping the team on track after that game yeah absolutely and we've seen it all the time in sports you get a big game like that where you get throttled it's all about the response and DeRosa DeRosa and importantly the players also you know kind of responding to that message kind of rallying around that and going on to have a great rest of the tournament specifically I want to put the spotlight on I don't on Captain America himself Trey Turner that's right he is he is Captain America I think he's earned that moniker um, yeah. who went on to have a outstanding tournament we've already mentioned him a little bit already as being the catalyst it feels to a little bit to the the comeback of usa in this tournament yeah yeah i think trey turner is definitely deserving of that title um yeah because without him they don't even they don't even get to the championship game um thanks to his uh um game-winning grand slam against venezuela in the quarterfinals um all right let's talk about japan a little bit i mean carson talk about you want to talk about impressive performances to the surprise of absolutely nobody japan went undefeated in the tournament undefeated in the in pool play um sort of breezed their way through the through the through the knockout stages um and their closest game was uh the last game against the usa um, led by by none other than Shohei Otani, big surprise. Um, but speaking as a Red Sox fan, I after watching Masataka Yoshida, I am I cannot wait to see uh, him in a Red Sox uniform at Fenway this year, um, just clinking balls off the pesky pole in right field. Yeah, and I mean it's not as if you know, the, the World Baseball Classic is throwing out guys who, you know, aren't to the caliber of, like, MLB pitchers. Like, a lot of yeah. these teams had pitchers who who Yoshida will see in his rookie season. Um, yeah. But can, can we just talk for a moment, AJ, about how the final out in the championship game 
was Shohei oh. Otani striking out Mike Trout. Mike in, Trout. Oh in God. what in what almost <laughs> felt like a passing of the torch moment of officially Shohei Otani becoming the face yep. of base, Major League Baseball. Baseball. Yep. Uh, I mean, yeah, could we have asked for an, any better of an ending? Um, well, I mean, except maybe uh, Team USA winning that game as opposed to losing it. But yeah. Um, and also, let's talk about Shohei Otani and Mike Trout finally getting a taste of uh, a playoff-like atmosphere. It's about time. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Don't get used to it, Mike. <laughs> uh, yeah, angels. yeah, that was that was kind of uh, kind of bittersweet. No, seriously, that was that was an absolutely e- epic moment. That whole game, um, start to finish, was everything and more. Um, it lived up to the hype and then some. Um, and Carson, I think. You know, obviously we would have liked Team USA to win that game, but I think if another team, if you had to pick another team to win that game, you know, let Japan win it and and give Shohei Otani probably the only championship he's, you know, going to have for the foreseeable future. Harsh but true. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and I mean... You could you could almost I think make the argument AJ that this is almost better for baseball to have a foreign team win the World Baseball Classic because it yeah. shows that it shows that the game is growing. It's not just the USA dominates Same. everyone yeah. anymore. It's yeah. you know we've got a bunch of foreign players who who took this opportunity seriously and were really able to show like hey it's not just the USA anymore. It's USA. It's Japan. It's Mexico. It's Venezuela. It's the it's Puerto Rico. Like these yep. these teams went out and showed that baseball is much more of an international game now compared to where it's been in years past. Yep. Even a shout out to Team Italy for making it to the quarterfinals, uh, led by one of my favorite all time baseball players, Mr. Mike Piazza. Mi familia. Um, right? Uh didn't I I'll be honest with you guys, I didn't even know Mike Piazza was managing Team Italy until um I was watching one of the games and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, coming up later, uh Italy against uh I don't know, I forgot who they played, and Italy managed by Mike Piazza, so that was pretty cool. Um so 2023 WBC in the books. The next uh, the next edition comes up in 2026. Um, Carson, I don't know about you, but my excitement on a my excitement level on a scale of one to ten for the 2026 WBC is is you know uh, 20 out of 10. Yeah, I'm very excited too. But my main to play devil's advocate here a little bit. My main worry now is that the excitement going into it is going to be electric because of how good this year's was. But I'm mm-hmm. a little bit worried that for more casual fans, that if the games don't live up to the hype, then all of a sudden the the hype around it is going to go downhill. It's not going to get as much coverage as this year's did. Um. Well, I'll play the other side of that coin, and I'll say I think the quality of the quality of the of the baseball played in the WBC, I think we're only going to see it get better moving forward because 
you know, we kind of talked about it. All these, all these countries with all these, you know, unbelievably talented players. I think, I think the quality of the product is going to get even better. Yeah. And I, I certainly hope you're, you know, absolutely. I hope you're right. Um, but I just, you know, playing devil's advocate, I'm a little, little bit worried about that for especially more casual baseball fans. Right. No, that that's a that's a valid point. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, first episode of the new season, and Carson's already trying to rain on your parade. Um, hey, <laughs> hey, man! I've waited all winter to do that. So, um, anyways, that's the WBC, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you enjoyed. Um, oh, one last thing before we take a break uh, and get into you know back to MLB. Um, Carson, we were talking about the the final out of the championship game, you know, Shohei Otani versus Mike Trout and everything. Um, I would like to shout out uh, Mr. Mad Dog's stupid nickname, Russo. Uh, Carson, I don't know if you saw this, but uh, for anyone who doesn't know, he's the host of High Heat on MLB Network. Uh, he was on ESPN um, on the show that I not so affectionately like to refer to as awful takes. Um, you might know it as first take. Um, and he said that uh, basically we shouldn't treat this Otani versus Trout moment as, as any big deal because Trout strikes out all the time. Oh, mad dog. Goodness gracious me. Um, first of all, coming from the network that paid millions to get NHL rights back and then barely covers hockey as a whole on its main shows anyway, I'm not surprised at all that they continue to field awful takes. Um, but this one is bad. Like, yes, Mike Trout strikes out all the time, but so does, I don't know, throw a random baseball player in there. Vinny Pasquantino, he also strikes out all the time. I the only reason I thought of that is because talking about Team Italy. Um, oh, poor Vinny Pasquantino. I love you, Vinny. I do. You're a fellow Paisan. I love you. I promise. Um, but it's like, yeah, like every baseball player strikes out. Like, breaking news. The wa- water is also wet. Like, are you kidding me? Oh, oh I miss this so much. Um, no, seriously. Awful, awful take. Um... I lost a little respect for you, Mad Dog. I'm not gonna lie. Um, and if you want to, I mean, if we're gonna talk about baseball players that strike out all the time, I don't know how many of you remember Mark Bellhorn. Um, but you know, as far as I'm concerned, any player that strikes out a lot, the the well, I don't know if I'd call it the gold standard because it's the opposite of whatever the opposite of the gold standard is, is Mark Bellhorn, Mr. You know, every at bat was either a strikeout or a walk. So um, anyways, I just I just had to throw that in there because I saw that and I just um, yeah. And also, screw you, ESPN. You fought to get the NHL back and now you barely talk about it. So. Uh, anyways, um. Okay, before we get too far off track, let's take our first break. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about all the craziness that went on in the offseason in MLB. Um, the rule changes, which you know which one is already stirring up controversy. And then we're going we're gonna to dive headfirst into our picks 
Um, yeah, you're listening to the eighth inning stretch, and uh, we'll be back right after this. The eighth inning stretch is brought to you by Printer Dudes, your one stop shop for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles around. They even do custom orders. Use promo code HOMERUN and save 10% at printerdudes.etsy.com. That's printerdudes, D-O-O-D-S. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 8th Inning Stretch with AJ and Carson. Uh, into our middle portion of our new, our first episode of the new season. Um, Carson, an absolutely insane uh, off-season um, I don't know if there was something in the water or what, but uh, so many big moves, but maybe the biggest. Um, Aaron Judge had one foot in a San Francisco Giants uniform, as you will all remember, I predicted uh, on last on, uh, on, on last season, um, but ultimately decided to stay with the Yankees. Yeah, his... Uh... His San Francisco Giants tenure can be uh, summarized with the Simpsons gif of the grandpa walking in, putting his putting his hat on the hat stall, and then turning right around, grabbing it, and walking back I, out. I thought you were going to say it was the Bart Simpson, at least you tried. Um, no, that, that goes to... Um, no, I'm not going to fire any shots at any teams yet. I'm not going to fire any shots at any teams yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were kind of talking about it during the break, um, that, you know, honestly for Aaron judge, I respect the loyalty of wanting to, to stay a Yankee. Um, sounds like, you know, and he's going to be the first captain since Derek Jeter, which are some very big shoes to fill, but I think, Mm -hmm. I think he's certainly capable. Um, I mean, we've been talked, we talked about it a lot last year, the Yankees, it felt like we're Aaron judge and then there was kind of everybody else. So, mm. um, congratulations to him for getting also a crap ton of money, um, which he very well deserved. Uh, okay. Um, yes, let me, let me preface this by saying, yes, I respect Aaron judge's loyalty to the Yankees. Uh, and also his, you know, um, getting, you know, every penny that he's worth, because let's be honest, Aaron Judge is worth, you know, a lot of money. Um, Carson, the, the, my sticking point with Aaron Judge going back, staying with the Yankees is this all last year, as, as good as the Yankees were and as, you know, I mean, they obviously went on, you know, an absolute tear and, and, um, you know, had a had a sort of a typical Yankee season. All last year we talked about it's Aaron Judge and everybody else. And then they got into the playoffs. They barely squeaked by the Guardians and then got their butts handed to him by the Astros. And Aaron Judge was nowhere to be found in the playoffs. And the rest of the Yankees team completely utterly totally failed to pick him up um i'm sorry but i failed to see how this year is going to be any different yeah but i mean the the good thing is is that uh he's going to be sticking around for a long time so if at first you don't succeed try 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 put in a few more tries there again um (laughs) but i 
I agree with you in that I feel like the Yankees, um, obviously the biggest the biggest point of their offseason, I think, was make sure that he gets back in a Yankee uniform. Mm. Um, but as far as putting some more pieces around him mm. to try and make the team better, they get a failing grade from me. It didn't feel like they did a whole yeah. lot. I mean, aside from him, I think the other big move they made was Carlos Rodon who is mm. a solid pitcher but um and should should help out their rotation in a big way but when those are kind of your biggest moves to try and to retain your big star but your biggest move is to get Carlos Rodon to get better who was coming off of a great season with San Francisco but he's not getting any younger mm-hmm. it just it, it feels like kind of a swing and a miss by the Yankees <laughs> in the offseason for lack of a better word um Brace yourselves for my first hot take of the of the new season. Uh, Aaron Judge had a better chance of winning a World Series if he had gone to the Giants than he does in staying with the Yankees. The San Francisco Giants will win the World Series before the New York Yankees. All right, writing that one down to come back to in nine years. Wow. I mean... I, you know, usually, usually with your hot takes, I usually agree to a sense, but I don't, I don't know about this one. I'm, I'm on the fence on this one. Oh, my friend, I am just getting warmed up with hot takes in this episode. Um, okay. So Aaron Judge decides to stay in pinstripes. Uh, nothing but respect to Aaron, but mm, the boneheaded move. Um, Carson, I think my favorite. My favorite move, the the one move that a team made this offseason that I looked at and went, yes, that is a great move. Uh, Trey Turner to the Phillies. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, as as the champion for the Phillies all of last season, um, this move also brought my heart much joy. Because, um, yep. I mean, I think that, you know, adding Trey Turner onto this team where – also, we're going to get the Trey Turner-Bryce Harper connection again, which is yep. phenomenal. Um, but adding Trey Turner onto a very good Philadelphia Phillies team that, let's not forget, is coming off of a a playoff, a MLB playoff run where mm. everyone doubted them every step of the way. Yep. And I think that, you know, this, this time around you could definitely put them in contention to win the world series. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And especially I think Trey Turner is going to be even more important now, now that, I mean, obviously Bryce Harper is recovering from his injury and now Reese Hoskins, we just found out has torn his ACL. So he's done for the year. Um, having Trey Turner, especially where they lost Gene Segura, um, Trey Turner, Trey Turner is going to be a, a, a really, Trey Turner is going to be a very important piece for the Phillies. Um, Verlander to the Mets. Didn't really see that one coming. That was kind of a shocker for me. Yeah, no, um, very, very surprising move. I figured that there was a good chance that he could leave Houston. Um, I did not think that he was going to go to the Mets. Um, little did I know, little did I think that he was going to go to the Mets and not have Jacob deGrom there, but going to Texas. 
Yeah. Another shocker. DeGrom to the Rangers? What? Um, Here Rangers lie Jacob DeGrom's moves. World Series hopes and dreams. I mean... I don't want to get ahead of myself, but uh, don't sleep on the Rangers, ladies and gentlemen. No, absolutely not. I mean, combined with last season going out and getting Marcus Semyon, Corey Seager, adding yeah. Jacob DeGrom to the mix, because I think when you when you looked at this Rangers team on paper, biggest weakness was pitching by far. Um, yeah. And Jacob DeGrom, you add him to any team, that suddenly doesn't become very much of a weakness anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, I, I can't restrain myself anymore. Carson, I have to talk about my Seattle Mariners. Uh, talk about a splash. So last year they go out and get Luis Castillo, you know, at the trade deadline. And yes, they got swept by the Astros in the ALDS. But Carson, I don't know if you remember, all those games were really close. Those are like one or two run games. And I sat here and went, okay, they need to go get a big bat this offseason. And boy, did they ever. They went and got one of the biggest bats. They got Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah, a uh, very, very good move, I think, from the Mariners. Adds to a already stacked outfield. Um, obviously, you've got the reigning and defending uh, American League Rookie of the Year in Jose uh, or Julio Rodriguez, excuse me, but um, yes, the the Teoscar Hernandez move was something that I certainly did not see coming. Um, still, kind of question it from a Blue Jays perspective personally. Uh, uh, yeah, but very good pickup for the Seattle Mariners brings just another great outfielder and another great bat into the team, and maybe an underrated. I mean. That sounds crazy, just saying it, but a sort of underrated piece at the Mariners. They also picked up Colton Wong. Yeah, another another good piece. Um, felt like in that one, I think, too, I think that was a very good win-win trade for both sides. Um, you know, sending Abraham Toro, who has had some decent, you know, some decent years as a Mariner, um, but I think he could really prosper as a Brewer. Same with yeah. Jesse Winker. Um, yeah. We've seen what he can do in Cincinnati. Uh, he was kind of, I think, the odd going to be the odd man out if they had tried to keep him with Teoscar Hernandez anyway, and I think they realized that. Um, yeah. So they kind of shipped him out of town in that trade as well. But you want to talk about a defensive second baseman that can also hit? You're you're looking right at Colton Wong, um, yeah. who can easily come into that lineup and be a great piece uh, to add to the Mariners lineup and out in the field as well uh so any other moves that that kind of jumped out at you jumped out at me like, um you saw it you know announced on twitter and you went oh wow well i'll i'll save one move for my my big move and i think if you guys listened to the to the show last year you know exactly where i'm going with that um but I think one of the I think one move that I really like, um, even though as a whole I think they are offseason losers, but I really liked the signing of Mitch Hanniger for the Giants. 
Um, mm. You know, you you take a really big swing at Aaron Judge, have him one foot in the door, mm. and then get him sw- stolen by the Yankees. I mean, Mitch Haniger is, you know, he's no Aaron Judge, obviously, but he's no slouch. Um, you know, nice outfield option as well as if you need to put him in as a designated hitter. I think he can be a very solid option there. Also really like the Cubs signing of Jamison Tyone. Um, Mm. I think he adds a really good piece to that pitching staff along with Marcus Stroman. Um, Dansby Swanson, obviously, I think is the big signing there for Chicago. For the Cubs, Um, yeah. Uh, but those are those are kind of the big two that stuck out. All to right, me. all right. Uh, stop beating around the bush. Let's talk about Carlos Correa and how he failed three physicals with three different teams. The epitome of Minnesota nice is this signing because it was oh you failed the you failed the physical for these other two teams. That's okay. We'll still take you. Oh, AJ, I cannot put into words. Let me let me describe for you and our audience this Carlos Correa saga um, <laughs> for for everybody. So first and foremost, right, you know, here I'm here I am thinking, OK, we're going into the offseason. Biggest thing we need to do, re-sign Carlos Correa. And then it's oh, OK, like we're still we're still in contention. Things are still going going okay. And then he signs with the Giants, and it's like ah, that's not good. And then it turns out they announced the press conference, and then the press conference gets delayed, and instantly I'm like oh, there's hope here. Okay, that's announced that he fails the physical. I'm like oh my gosh, we're back in it. We we could get him again. Then he goes to the Mets. And my thought is, what the heck do you need him for? You have Francisco Lindor. Get out of here. Then he fails the physical with the Mets. And then it's like, okay, what is going on at this point? It's just like, and I'm like, come on, come on. And then finally, Carlos Correa signing with the Minnesota Twins once again. I don't know which I was happier about, the fact that he signed or the fact that I don't have to buy another jersey again. Um, But... (laughs) Man, what a huge, huge re-signing after this whole saga he is for the Twins. Obviously, the name himself uh, of Carlos Correa, but he was such a big part of last year's team, and I think this team can only get better. I really liked the offseason that the Twins made, not only with Correa, the trade for Pablo Lopez. As much as it upset me to give up Luis Arise, I think he's going to be a huge benefit for our pitching staff. He's been named the opening day starter. Um, and I really like the addition. Honestly, I think my favorite move, AJ, and this may come as a surprise given the fact that I was freaking out over Carlos Correa and instantly jumped out of bed when I saw the news. Um, but I really like the addition of Donovan Solano for the bench. Um, I think the biggest thing that we discovered about this twins team last season is that when somebody gets injured, we have no depth. And, you know, you you get Byron Buxton injured, and then all of a sudden in comes Mark Contreras to play center field. It's like, yeah, great. Uh, No disrespect to Mark Contreras, but we're not making the playoffs if you're putting Mark Contreras regularly in center field or Jake Cave in left field. Um, So I think he's a really solid signing for for a depth piece on the bench. Great bat who was was able to do really well in Cincinnati. Um, But... I really like the way this Twins offseason looked, and I'm so happy that C4 
Carlos Correa is back in a Minnesota Twins uniform. Uh, yes, ladies and gentlemen, the, when the news about Carlos Correa was announced that he was returning to the Twins, uh, I assure you, I could hear Carson uh, cheering from all the way here in Colorado. Um, gotta be honest, I had to look up Donovan Solano. Uh, this dude is my kind of ball player. He's one of he's one of those plug and play dudes, second base, third base, and shortstop. Um, wow, career seven oh one OPS. Not too shabby at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, that is a solid pickup for the Twins. All right. Carson had his hometown moment, so I'm going to have mine. I'm going to talk about my Red Sox. Um, so my Red Sox went out and got Corey Kluber, which don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about Corey Kluber. I just wish maybe uh maybe they had gotten him about 10 years ago when he was still prime Corey Kluber but nonetheless a good signing but Carson the signing okay other than Masataka Yoshida who I'm uh resisting the urge to buy his jersey um the signing for the Red Sox that I'm most excited about is Kenley Jansen because if there's one thing the Red Sox needed after last year uh, one glaring ginormous hole on that team. It was the closer and Kenley Jansen, man, one of the best in the biz. Yep, absolutely. And one of the one of the guys that I talked about a lot last season. Um, you know, somebody who I think is one of the most underrated relief pitchers in the game. Um, yep. And like you said, AJ, we talked about it ad nauseum with this Red Sox team last year. Is that the the starting pitching was good, but the relief pitching, it felt like gave up so many Bad. games for the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, and then it got to the point where they were rotating closers and it was Ugh. Ryan Brassier who had his moments. Matt Barnes just straight up did not work. Um, nope. to, Nick finally, to finally Nick Pavetta to finally get some stabilization in that bullpen, I think was the biggest need for the Red Sox. And they certainly did that with the addition of Kenley Jansen. Yeah, I'm 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 really high on Kenley Jansen. I think I think he's gonna be a great fit for the Sox. Um yeah, God, did they ever need they need that that um because last year they definitely did not have that go to coming in the ninth and, and slam the door shut uh type guy. I wasn't gonna bring it up, but I am briefly gonna talk about Xander Bogarts. Um mm. Sad to see him leave Boston, much like I was sad to see uh, to see Mookie Betts go a few years ago. But Carson, at the same time, I'm I'm glad that the Red Sox didn't get trapped under a 11 year, 12 year contract, um, because after the disaster that was 2012 and the Pablo Sandoval acquisition. Uh, I'm okay with the Red Sox never signing any contract longer than, uh, longer than single digits. Right. And obviously I think when, when it comes to, when it comes to beloved players like Xander Bogarts was to Boston, that, that I think is the thing that, that you and all Red Sox fans can kind of take solace in is that, mm -hmm. you know, Xander Bogarts, let's, let's be clear is an outstanding player, but. Yep. Eleven years and two hundred and eighty million dollars is a, a lot. 
big commitment. Yeah. Huge commitment for a player that by the time by the time that deal will run out, because Xander Bogarts, correct me if I'm wrong, he's in his late twenties at this point, is he not? Mm, yeah, sounds about right. He's probably gonna be in his mid to mid to late thirties by the time this deal is done. Uh actually Xander Bogarts is thirty years old. Oh, okay, so that makes it even worse. He's gonna be forty one by the time this deal is done. Um Yep. And I mean, when you're thinking about making that kind of commitment to a player, this could be it's really good for the Padres in the short term, but in the long run, this could be bad. Yeah. Could that's definitely the kind of deal that could blow up in your face. Um, but hey, as much as as losing Bogart sucks, the Red Sox finally gave Rafi Devers the extension. Uh, so little Poppy is sticking around in Boston, um, which I'm absolutely ecstatic about. Um, all right, let's real quick talk rule changes. We kind of talked about this stuff at the end of last year. Um, Carson, I think obviously the big one is the is the pitch clock. It's already creating controversy. Um, I'm mostly in favor of the pitch clock because I think something needed to be done so that we don't have, you know, three and a half hour games. Um, but I'm I'm kind of taking a pragmatic uh, wait and see approach. Let's see how this thing shakes out when the games, you know, actually start counting. Yeah, I mean, I was I think I've, I was in the same camp last year of kind of just wait and see. Um, but I was still, I think, leaning more towards the fence of, I don't like it. Um, and mm. after seeing it in spring training, I think I'm still kind of in that I don't like it camp. Um, but again, I'm, I want to, I'm going to try and be optimistic about it and just kind of wait and see what happens. But it feels like there's a lot of confusion already surrounding it. Like what actually breaches the pitch clock? How much does the batter have to be involved yeah. for it to be a batter infraction rather than a pitching infraction. I think that there's still a lot of things that need to be cleaned up with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going to see some tweaks. Um, maybe even during the season, uh, we might see MLB, you know, I mean, I know I'm putting a lot of faith in Rob Manfred, but uh, my hope is that as we progress through the season, you know, MLB kind of, you know, keeps tabs on this thing and kind of gets feedback from players and coaches and managers and whatever and and uh, makes adjustments where where needed. Yeah, and I certainly hope that that's going to be the case. Um, and then obviously, you know, just to quickly touch on, on some of the others, um, shift ban, love it, bigger bases. Long overdue. Bigger bases. Guess I'm fine yeah. with it. Hopefully, it'll make for less, um, less close calls and um, make make things a little bit more of a certainty, so that we don't have to rely on Angel Hernandez during the season. <laughs> ah. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen, the first shot at Angel Hernandez of the season. Oh, there's plenty uh, to come, I'm sure. Yes, there are. No, I like the. I really well. First of all, the shift ban is long, long overdue. Uh, I've been saying that for years that the shift needs to go because it's stupid um but the bigger bases i think we see uh i'm i'm thinking we're gonna see an increase in stolen bases yeah very very likely which 
I mean, that's a win for everybody. Yeah, absolutely. And we could. Well, I wouldn't be surprised unless you're we... the team. Unless you're the team that's getting the bases stolen, but well, know, yes, of course. Um, but I think I think it's very likely we could see some guys hit new numbers in terms of stolen bases. Um, I think that it's going to change a little bit about how teams approach having some of these speedsters rounding the base paths. I think it's going to change the approach. I think too of how stealing is done, how often it's done. Um, I feel like we've kind of seen seen in years past a decline in stolen bases just because you know at yeah. some points it's not necessarily worth the risk um but obviously i think there's going to be a frequency increase and with that i think we could see some guys approaching some pretty crazy numbers in terms of stolen bases attempted and actually stolen um think maybe possibly we see uh a certain record by a certain member of the oakland athletics maybe possibly threatened Ooh, that's tough though because that record is that record is one of those that you feel like it's going to be taken for forever I, I know it's a lot it is but maybe not this year maybe once teams get used to because i think you're right i think we're going to see a lot more stolen bases um and i think the whole strategy around stolen bases is going to change i mean i'm a i'm a big fan of the of the swiped bag myself so i'm i'm stoked for this um but 130 in a season i mean a lot of stolen bases it is a lot yeah maybe we don't see that kind of numbers but i think we're gonna see i think we are gonna see some crazy uh some crazy stolen base numbers um especially given some of the um you know the speedy uh younger players you know some of the you know like a jazz chisholm you know maybe yeah i think um and i one guy i look at just from a you know i hate to be trying to be a homer on this but byron buxton um, yeah you know, very much a, a speedy guy, and hopefully the, the bigger bases will also help in terms of hopefully less injuries during during right. stolen base attempts because that's a, that's a spot that I think a lot of people underestimate, AJ, when it comes to injury. Injuries is the bases, yeah, absolutely. Um, and hopefully uh, we see less incidents of, uh, with the bigger bases, uh, with guys, uh, sliding into second, especially, uh, with their spikes up. Yeah, that's, I think that's one of the main goals of this too, is just overall player safety. Um, I mean, you know, you put the bases a little bit bigger, a little bit more room for you to maneuver your, your foot if you're yeah. trying to stay on the bag. Yeah, especially when it comes to stolen bases. Last thing I think any player wants is to hurt somebody because they were sliding in with their, with their spikes up. Uh, yes, I'm looking at you, Manny Machado. Um, yes, I'm still pissed at you for taking out Dustin Pedroia. Uh, anywho, all right, let's take our last break. When we come back, the part you've all been waiting for, the part we've been waiting for. We bust out the magic eight ball and we pick our we pick everything, our division winners, our wild cards, our Cy Youngs, our MVPs, our rookie of the year, and of course 
the much anticipated World Series pick. And something tells me we have some surprises in store for you guys. Uh, you're listening to the eighth inning stretch, and we'll be back right after this. The eighth inning stretch is brought to you by Printer Dudes, your one stop shop for the coolest 3D printed toys and collectibles around. They even do custom orders. Use promo code Home Run and save 10% at printerdudes.etsy.com. That's Printer Dudes, D O D S. Everybody, welcome back to the Game Inning Struts into the third and final segment of our uh, season two premiere, our first episode of the new season. And Carson, it is time. It is time for us to break out the Magic Eight Ball and make our picks. Are you ready? Boy, I sure hope so because I feel like I have been altering these <laughs> predictions for the past like two weeks. Because I truly feel like this season is going to be insane. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think you kind of, you you mentioned it earlier when you said that, you know, the offseason, there weren't any, I mean, well, there were clear losers. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, now, you know what? Never mind. I'll be nice. I won't take any, I won't take any cheap shots at any teams yet. It's the first episode of the season. Um, but let's be honest. There were some losers, but... I feel like to sort of some degree or another, most of the teams in MLB got better to some extent. Yeah, I think everybody everybody has kind of taken, for the most part, a good step forward. Um, mm-hmm. And I think there are some, some good young talent on the way as well that'll only only yep. make, make teams better. Um, you know, I think this could be a very good year for a rookie of the year race that could go really any which way. Yeah. And I also feel like, I mean, I keep hearing people talk about the, you know, the money gap between the, you know, the, you know, your teams like the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Dodgers and teams like, you know, smaller market teams like the Marlins and stuff, but I don't know, man. I just feel like we have a really good competitive balance coming into this year. And one thing we didn't talk about in the rule changes, well, I guess it's not really a rule change, but is the balanced schedule. Uh, every team plays every other team at least once. Uh, fewer games against your division. It goes from 19 down to like 14, I think. Um, I think the balanced schedule is, is uh, I think it's a game changer. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like you said, the, there are less in-division games, so a lot of these outer-division games are going to matter a whole lot more, more. as you head yeah. down the stretch for playoff positioning, division yeah. races. Like, you know, National National League versus American League games aren't necessarily just a throwaway game anymore where it's, anymore. oh, well, yeah. at least it happened against a National League team. Like, that's, that's not going to be as much of a case anymore. Yeah, that's not going to work anymore. Yeah, I'm stoked. All right, let's get into the picks. Let's start in the American League. Uh, let's just go geographically. Let's start in the AL East. Um, to the surprise of absolutely nobody, Carson, I am picking my Boston Red Sox to win the American League East in what I believe, and I think we're of the same mind on this, uh, the AL East is going to be the best and toughest division in baseball this year. 100% agree. Um, we were talking before the show, uh, before we started and I told AJ, I've literally been making changes to my AL East picks 
literally, and I'm not even joking when I say this, right until this point where I have to pick a division winner. Because it is just, I feel like for the first time in forever, the AL East is just so wide open. And literally any team could go on a run and win this thing. Um, as far so where'd as you come AL, down? I Let me preface this by saying this. I do believe that every single team in the AL East will have a winning record. Um, I don't think there will be a single team that has a losing record. Hot take number one. Nice. Now, as far as where I came down on the winner. Oh, I'm going to earn the ire of my Red Sox loving co Oh, no. Oh, no. No, don't do it, man. Don't do it. I went with the Yankees. Oh. I, the... The Yankees are the epitome, I think, of the regular season team. Um, they're going to go on well, a great yeah. run, and they're going to go on a great run in the regular season, and then they're going to choke in the playoffs like they always seem to do. So, ugh, he did it. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, well, it's been fun, uh, but that's the end of the eighth. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, all right, let's. I mean. I feel like the AL East, I mean, it went with the Red Sox because I feel like Corey Kluber and Kenley Jansen and and I know, I'm sorry, I'm putting so much pressure on Masataka Yoshida, but I mean, I just think that kid's going to just going to light it up. Um, I mean, I feel like the AL East is, you know, close your eyes and throw a dart at the dartboard. Um, so, I mean, I can't I can't hate too much on the, I mean. Jeez, ah, man, you could have gone with the Rays or the Orioles or the Blue Jays. The Yankees. Um, all right, American League Central. Um, Carson, well, you you drew my ire with your Elise pick. I'm going to draw your ire with the AL Central. Uh, I'm going the defending division champs. I'm going the Cleveland Guardians. Which is a fair pick. I... Does it crush my crush my soul a little bit inside to know that you picked the Indians this year after picking the Twins last year? Yes, or sorry, Guardians. I think I said eh, Indians. Same there, diff. Apologies. Um, but to the to perhaps the surprise of our audience, um, I think it's a three-team race again for the AL Central crown this year. Um, but much like AJ did with the AL East. I'm making the homer pick in the AL Central. I believe that the Minnesota Twins will win the American League Central this season. Okay, writing that down to bring up at the end of the season. Um, <laughs> no, I think you're no, I think you're spot on with the with the AL Central. You've got the Twins, you've got the Twins, you've got the Guardians, and you got the White Sox. Um, assuming the White Sox uh, can actually play like the team we all thought they were going to be last year. Um, which, you know, I, th- I think they can, but, um, no, I mean, about as far as the guardians, I have two words for you, ladies and gentlemen, as why I picked the guardians. Uh, and I, if you listened to the show last year, which if you didn't, what the hell, um, get on that. Um, two words about the Cleveland guardians, ladies and gentlemen, Terry Francona, any team, with Terry Francona at the helm, has a chance. So, um, all right, AL West. Uh, Carson, to the surprise of absolutely nobody, 
They've got Luis Castillo. They've got J-Rod. They've got Teoscar Hernandez. They've got Colton Wong. I'm going Seattle Mariners to win the AOS, baby. AJ, to the surprise of you and perhaps everyone, I agree. I have taken the Seattle Mariners as well. Down go the Astros. Oh, man. I thought for sure you were going to go Astros. I did not, and here is why. I think that the loss of Justin Verlander Verlander. is going to be bigger than a lot of people realize. Now, don't get me wrong. This Astros pitching staff is still very good, but the loss of Justin Verlander, I think, is going to be huge. But the Astros had a bit of a rough go of it in the offseason, though. Uh, this is not the same Astros team that won the World Series last year. And no, I'm not just saying that because I hate the Astros. Um, but yes, sorry, Astros fans. All, you know, five of you who knew you had a baseball team in Houston before a couple of years ago. Um, oh, what happened to not taking shots at teams? It's the first that episode. wasn't a shot. That wasn't a shot at a team. That was a shot at the fans. That's different. That's even um, worse. I know. <laughs> oh well. Hey. Um no, the reign the Astros reign of terror is at an is at an end in the AL West. Um okay, wild cards. Remember, three wild cards. Um very important. Uh my American League wild cards in no particular order. The Baltimore Orioles, the Tampa Bay Rays, and another hot take alert, the Los Angeles Angels. You have shattered my heart into pieces by not even picking the Twins to make the playoffs. Oh, I Sorry. Have, that is the one prediction where I uh, if it's any you were wrong. If it's any consolation, the Twins are probably, I would say, to channel my inner Joe Lenardi, uh, the Twins are like my first team out. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. Also, I couldn't help but notice you don't think the Astros make the playoffs at all. Nope. The Astros and the Yankees will not make the playoffs this year. Wow. Interesting. Okay. Um, for my wild cards, um, I wish I could have been a little bit more original with this, but I've got one in each division. Um, so I've got the Tampa Bay Rays, the Cleveland Guardians, and the Houston Astros as my wild card with the Baltimore nice. Orioles being my first team out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I just think I'm really excited to watch the Orioles this year. Um, I mean, I know they're, you know, the division rival of my Red Sox, but um, I'm really excited after the run they went on last year to almost, you know, uh, almost get into the playoffs. So, um, yeah, the Orioles are going to be a lot of fun to watch. All right. Um, let's talk our let's talk our American League awards before we get to our ALCS uh, picks. Um, my Cy Young, uh, I have going to Luis Castillo of the Mariners. My MVP. To the surprise of no one is Shohei Otani, best player on the planet. And a bit of a homer pick for Rookie of the Year, but I'm going Masataka Yoshida. All all very good picks, for sure. Um, I agree with you with your uh, MVP pick of Shohei Otani. Um, 
Rookie of the Year, I have given to Gunnar Henderson of the Baltimore Orioles. Um, nice. And my, my AL Cy Young, this pick might be a little bit out of left field, but I think he's ready to fill the mantle that was replaced, that uh, has been left vacant by Justin Verlander's departure. I'm going with Framber Valdez. Wow. Um, yeah, didn't see that one coming. But I mean, hey, he had a heck of a he had a heck of a playoffs and a heck of a World Series. So, yeah, um, that's a solid pick. All right, ALCS time, Carson. Um, I know this is probably going to sound very very familiar to all of you who listened to the show last year, uh, but in my ALCS. Carson, I have the Seattle Mariners uh, triumphing over triumphing over the Cleveland Guardians. In my ALCS this season, I agree. I agree. I also have the Mariners. Um, I have it being a AL West. I have it being an AL West showdown uh, with the Mariners and the Astros. Oh. With please the Mariners triumphing over the Houston Astros, advancing please, to the World Series. Please let that happen. That would be that would be so sweet. Um. Wow, I gotta be honest. I'm a little surprised that we both went Mariners to win the American League. Um, but hey, fact of the matter is they got better in the offseason and the Astros got worse. So, um. Anyways. All right, let's move to the National League, the uh, senior circuit, as it were. Uh, American, uh, yeah, American League, National League East. Carson, despite the loss of Edwin Diaz, I am picking the New York Mets to win the NL East. Interesting, because before the loss of Edwin Diaz, I would have picked the Mets. But uh, with the loss of Edwin Diaz, I am going with the Philadelphia Phillies. I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a flip a coin. Um, Absolutely. both teams, I mean, both teams have obviously suffered key losses. Uh, the Mets have lost Edwin Diaz for the season. The Phillies have lost Reese Hoskins for the season. I don't know, man. I just, I know the Mets came up short last year, but I just, I don't know. I, I just have a feeling about the Mets. Uh, NL Central. Um, I've got the, uh, I've got the St. Louis Cardinals uh, taking the NL Central. I have the Milwaukee Brewers taking the central Ooh, this year, but again, I think, I like it. Um, I think the Brewers and the Cardinals are a flip of the coin. Um, yeah. I think in in my standings, I have them going one and two, but you could easily interchange. And obviously, the Cardinals, you know, uh, missing a very big piece this year with the retirement of Albert Pujols, so um, that's going to make a difference, but. Uh, I think the well, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but Carson, I think the NL Central. I think I think we're looking at a three-team race there. Also, I think we've got the Cardinals, the Brewers, who have been kind of you know uh, flip-flopping that division the last few years. Um, I think you put the Chicago Cubs in that mix, especially where they went out and got Dansby Swanson and Marcus Stroman. Yeah, I. I think uh, you could certainly make the argument it's a three-team race. Personally, I still think the Cubs are a little bit behind in that race. Um, yeah. But they are they are certainly they have certainly Usain bolted their way um, to being <laughs> a lot closer in that race than they were last season. Last year, yeah. Uh, props for the Usain Bolt reference. 
Uh, in the West, here I think we might differ in opinion. Um, but the fact is, this team went out and this mid-market team went out and spent like they were the big boys in town. Uh, Carson, I'm going San Diego Padres to win the West. Indeed, we do differ because, once again, I am picking the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, Good grief. But, again, I do think it's going to be a much closer battle this time around. Um, obviously, the loss yeah. of Trey Turner, I think, is going to loom very large. Um, yeah. But I have the Padres going second. But, again, I think it's a very close race this year. And I think we could probably agree that the NOS is a two-team race this year. Although... Um, I wouldn't sleep completely on the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think they're, I think they're a team to watch. Yeah, I, I also wouldn't sleep on the San Francisco Giants either. Yeah, um, I, I have them as going third in the division this year. Um, yeah. but I think they could certainly make make a good run of things as well. Uh, all right, and no wild cards. Uh, again, in no particular order. Uh, I have the LA Dodgers. The Chicago Cubs and the Philadelphia Phillies as my three and a wild card teams. My wild card teams, I have the San Diego Padres, the St. Louis Cardinals, and the New York Mets. Can't help but notice uh, neither one of us included the World Series champions from two years ago, the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta for me is my first team out, but I do see mm. them on the outside looking in. Uh, I think my first team out are the Miami Marlins. Uh, I mean, obviously, you've got Jazz Chisholm, you've got Sandy Alcantara, and now you have Luisa Rise. I know, I'm sorry, Twins fans. I know that one stings, but um, the Marlins the Marlins are a team on the rise. You just had to throw in that Luisa Rice. I know, edition, I know, I know. Ugh. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know it was for the betterment, but it still stings. Um, also shout out to the Marlins who are going to be rocking their, uh, nineties retro, uh, teal jerseys, uh, for select games this year. I'm excited for that. It's going to stir up memories of, uh, of Mike Lowell and Josh Beckett. Um, I am buying a Luis Arise one. I don't even care. (laughs) Nice. Um, all right, let's talk our NL award winners before we get to our NLCS picks. Uh, NL Cy Young, I've got Sandy Alcantara of the Marlins. Uh, my MVP, I've I've already singing his praises. Trey Turner of the Phillies. I think he makes, um, I think he makes a huge difference in that Phillies team this year. Um, maybe possibly the one the piece that they were missing last year. Um, and for my Rookie of the Year, I'm going maybe a little bit on a limb here. Um, I'm going Kodai Senga of the Mets for my NL Rookie of the Year. Certainly a solid pick. Um, my NL Cy Young, I am also sticking with a Met. Uh, I'm going with Justin Verlander. Um, nice. Another guy who I think could fill very much fill the throne that Jacob deGrom left vacant. Uh, NL Rookie of the Year, I'm going with Jordan Walker of the St. Louis Cardinals, who... I think a lot of people have kind of solid pick put put in that race. Um, yeah. And for NL MVP, I agree with you once again. I have also gone with Trey Turner. Trey Turner. Yeah. Captain America, yeah. baby. 
Yeah, I don't think the impact of Trey Turner in that Phillies team, especially with Reese Hoskins out and especially with uh, Bryce Harper, who, let's be honest, is no longer a spring chicken, um, trying to bounce back from an injury. So, um, yeah, I, I think Trey Turner makes a huge, huge impact on that Phillies team. Okay, brace yourselves, ladies and gentlemen, because here come our NLCS picks. Um Carson, in my NLCS this year, again, this is going to sound very, very familiar to uh, any of you who listened to the show last year. Uh, In a rematch, I have the San Diego Padres probably in seven games defeating the Philadelphia Phillies uh, in the NLCS. Interesting. I also have the Phillies represented in the NLCS, uh, but my opponent is the St. Louis Cardinals. Ooh, and I, like I have it. I have the Cardinals defeating the Phillies also probably in seven. Okay, did not see that one coming. Um, little little revenge for the Cardinals from last year for getting knocked out in the first round by the Phillies. Um, so if you're keeping score at home, our World Series. Uh, well, let's let's just do it. Let's just do our World Series picks. Um, so I have the Mariners taking on the Padres in the World Series. I know. I hear you guys. You're going, wait a minute, AJ. Wasn't this your pick last year? And look how that turned out. Yes. Yes, it is. But both teams got better. Uh, Carson, in my World Series, winning their first World Series championship in franchise history with Mr. Julio Rodriguez taking World Series MVP honors, I have the Seattle Mariners defeating the San Diego Padres. And another Second news- time's the charm. And in other news, water is wet. Um, but yes, in in my World Series, I also have the AL representatives of the Seattle Mariners taking on the NL representatives of the St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, don't do it. And with Nolan Arenado as uh... World Series MVP, I am taking the St. Louis Cardinals to be the 2023 World Series champions. Well, at least you improved from last year and you didn't pick the Dodgers. I've learned my lesson with that. No, I'm never picking yeah. the Dodgers to, to win a World Series ever again. Uh, no. Um, no, I like the Cardinals pick. And I I have to admit, it would make me... I would be, I would be really happy for Nolan Arenado to see him uh, take World Series MVP honors. Um, can't think of many other uh deserving players um all right everybody so save you know bookmark this episode or whatever so you can go back and listen to it at the end of the season and hear just how wrong we were about our picks um yeah all right um we're getting close to wrapping up here um yeah i know i hear you all going but you guys just started yeah don't worry you're gonna have to listen to us for the next you know uh seven or eight months so uh settle in um this is normally the time where we do our mailbag obviously uh we're not doing that this time out because we had so much other stuff to get to but uh don't be disheartened i have a stack of mailbag questions that i've been saving um and also keep sending them to us uh at eighthinningstretch at gmail.com keep sending us your mailbag questions your your feedback, your, you know, your thoughts, your comments, your concerns, your questions, all that fun stuff. 
um, because Carson, we have some seriously exciting stuff uh, planned for our our lovely fans. Um, not the least of which being, oh man, you guys are so lucky. You know, I was gonna save this until a later episode, but I can't I can't contain myself. Um, ladies and gentlemen, this year you are getting uh live and in person from the site of the major league baseball all-star game in seattle you are getting yours truly here on eighth inning stretch whoa that's big time we're uh yes the perks of having a cousin who is a seattle mariner season ticket holder um i'm not ashamed to admit that maybe we'll have to try and do an episode live from all-star game festivities oh I'm way ahead of you, my friend. Um, <laughs> way ahead of you. Um, a live episode? Hell yes. I mean, does it get any better? Um, so yeah, that's that's coming up in July. So you guys definitely, definitely do want do not want to miss that. Um, must watch games, all of them. Duh. It's opening day in well, three days for you guys. Um, four days for us, three days for you. And all 30 teams are playing. So, um, all right, let's real quick get to our one last thing. Um, I kind of touched on mine earlier when we were talking about the world baseball classic, um, talking about Mark DeRosa, who did an absolutely phenomenal job managing team USA. I mean, I heard people say, oh yeah, you know, how hard can it be to manage a team with, you know, that many superstars and everything, but. Um, I think that I think that job was a lot harder than people thought. Um, And Mark DeRosa handed it like a pro. And in short, Carson, I I am on I am driving the Mark DeRosa bandwagon. I think this dude is more than way more than deserving of a some serious consideration uh, to become a manager in Major League Baseball. Yeah, absolutely. He did a phenomenal job in the in the World Baseball Classic. Um, I've had a lot of a lot of potential topics that I wanted to cover in my one last thing, but um, the biggest the biggest thing that I just want to touch on with it is just how excited I am to for us to be back. Um, how oh, thankful yeah. I am for everybody that has kind of stuck around through this long wait with <coughs> us. Um, obviously, there are some baseball shows that that are able to continue throughout the winter. Um, but we we kind of had talked about before the season had ended to decide to let the winter just kind of be a break for us to recharge, refocus, um, and come back with you guys to be bigger and better than ever. Um, we were also talking about, we've heard from a lot of you um, about some things that we can... We can... Mm-hmm. Oh, that's beautiful, man. Um, <laughs> no, and just to be clear, when we say making the show shorter, uh, don't, we're not, we're not cutting content. Um, we're just trying to streamline a little bit more because I gotta be honest with you guys. I went back and I told Carson this, I went back and was listening to bits and pieces of shows from last season. And wow, some of those episodes were long. I mean, we're talking like hour and a half, almost two hours. Um, this one might be a little bit longer because it was our, you know, sort of season preview episode. Um, but we're aiming for like the 45 minutes to an hour mark on average. Um, cause we know you guys have, you know, busy lives and things to do. And, um, 
course, the good thing about podcasts is you can listen to them anywhere. Um, and speaking of listening, of course, you can find us on Spotify. Uh, we appreciate your follows and your likes and all that other fun stuff on Spotify. Um, but you can also uh, find us on any of your other favorite podcast platforms. Um, don't forget to follow us on Twitter for all the latest updates at uh, AthenicPod. And make sure you turn on the notifications because we all know how screwy Twitter's algorithm is. Um, since a certain somebody took over control of Twitter. Um, oh, and of course, don't forget to check out our awesome sponsors at Printer Dudes. Um, check out their collection of uh, cool as hell uh, 3D printed stuff at printerdudes.etsy.com. And as a special thank you for being a fan of the eighth inning stretch, you can use promo code HOMERUN, that's one word, and save 10% off your order. And that, ladies and gents, is a wrap for our first episode of the new season. We're back. Um, we'll try to do better next time. Sorry if anything we messed up. And uh, Carson, we get to do this again in a few days. Uh, yeah, everybody have an awesome week. Enjoy the heck out of opening day. Hopefully you have the day off. Uh, if not, uh, get a doctor's note so you can stay home and watch baseball all day. Um, you guys are awesome, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.